Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. Our scripture readings today come from Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 21, and John chapter 14, 18 through 17, and 25 through 27. When the day of Pentecost came, They were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It is only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, if you're able, please rise for the reading of the Gospel of John, chapter 14, 8 through 17 and 25 through 27. Philip said, Lord, Show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, 
Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives in you and will be with you. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. So as we uh, continue on this this little bit of a journey, uh, because that's, that's really kind of what we named this. It was in light of the journey. And so what exactly what exactly do these, these two Sundays mean in light of of our journey, our journey of hope. And the two Sundays that I'm talking about, one was the Ascension last week, and now this one is Pentecost. Another one of those words that that many of you who have been in the church forever know what Pentecost is, but some may go, Pentecost, that's another strange word, another church word that I'm not sure I completely understand. So hopefully we will we will get to that and help you understand a little more about what this is and what it means for us. At journey of hope. So will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, God, we come striving to hear your word. And so God, I ask that, that this message be a message for your people, that they would not be my words, but your words. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. All this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So I guess what we should do is just, let's just set up, set this up. Pentecost, uh, as far as chronologically speaking, we knew that Ash Wednesday was on a particular day, and then Easter was 40 days after Ash Wednesday, and then the ascension that we celebrated last week was 40 days after Easter, and now Pentecost. Pentecost is 10 days after the ascension. And so I I need to let you know that because you may go, Jared, I don't know about your calendar, but my calendar from Sunday to Sunday is seven days. Actually, Ascension Day was uh, prior to last Sunday. Uh, We just celebrated, obviously, on a Sunday, but some churches will actually celebrate Ascension Day. They have a special service. Uh, We just celebrated it on that particular Sunday. But yes, Pentecost is 10 days after the Ascension. And what exactly is it? It is the gift of the Spirit, right? And so the gift of the Spirit, I guess what we really need to do is, is, is first unpack a little bit about the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is one aspect of the Trinity, of the triune God. And I remember two Ask a Pastors Sundays ago, there was a question that said, Pastor, how would you describe the Trinity... To somebody who has never been to church. And I wonder if you remember my answer, because my answer was actually really pretty short. The, an- the answer that I gave was, I wouldn't. <laughs> it, 
It's hard enough for us to understand it, let alone trying to talk to somebody outside the church about it. Uh, And so I said, I just wouldn't. But for us, we have to look at this. We we look at the Trinity and, and what exactly is the Trinity? So the Trinity is God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three in one, one in three. How does that work? Really good theological question. One that takes probably a, a lot longer than I, what I want to spend on it. But, but think of it this way. I mean, one of the, whether you like it or not, the, the movie The Shack kind of gave a little insight into the workings of the Trinity because of how well they work together. In different areas. And so the way I kind of view this uh, within the Trinity is, is there's this dance that happens. And it's a dance between creator, son, and spirit. And, and, and they're all doing things within this little dance. It's actually, here's a big theological term for you if you want to write it down. Uh, the, it's the perichoresis. Uh, it's the, yeah. Uh, it, it's this type of dance, though, that, that, that happens where, uh, where all aspects of the triune God are necessary. Uh, But we can't separate one from the other. They're all intertwined. So we don't find one without the others. And I guess maybe what we do is we look back to the very beginning because we say, well, okay, if the Spirit is given on Pentecost, where was the Spirit before? Is this the first appearance of the Spirit? Is this the first time we hear about the Holy Spirit? And I've got to say that no, it's not. We go all the way back to Genesis, back to creation. And if we remember creation, uh, there was a phrase that was said, and it was said, the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. Before, any, before pretty much any of the other part of the creation came out, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. So the Spirit is mentioned right in the very beginning of our Scripture. Where else has the scripture been, been brought up? Because obviously we see the spirit in creation, but the other place that we will see the spirit is in Jesus. If we think about Jesus and the stories that we hear, uh, the first time, actually I think, you know, obviously that, uh, that the spirit would, would come upon Mary and then Mary would give birth. And then Jesus is baptized if you remember this, the, the Spirit comes down and descends upon Jesus in the form of a dove and proclaims that this is my Son, whom I am well pleased. And so, so the Spirit makes this presence known at that moment. And then, of course, what happens right after baptism? The Spirit drives Jesus out into the desert. And He goes out to be tempted. But it's the Spirit that leads Jesus out into the desert for temptation. The other thing that happens is is as Jesus is beginning his ministry, we hear them quote out of Isaiah that the Spirit is upon me to proclaim good news to the captives, release to, I'm sorry, good news to the poor, release to the captives. The Spirit was upon Jesus to proclaim all of this. The Spirit was with Jesus, working in and through Jesus throughout His ministry, through the healings, the teachings, everything that Jesus was doing. The Spirit was there. So what does Pentecost mean? 
So if we see the Spirit in the beginning, we see the Spirit working in and through Christ, through all of this, what, what exactly then does Pentecost signify? Pentecost signifies the day the Spirit was given to all of us. The Spirit was given to all of the people that were gathered in that space. This is the first time that the Spirit comes to the rest of the people. That is Pentecost. And so we look at that. We look a little bit at, uh, at the story of what we hear in Acts. And so we, we hear from Acts that they were all together in one place. All together in one place. And yes, I do count all of you who are worshiping with us online as being in worship with us in one place. We are all together in this space. Gathered together to worship. Because that is what Jesus said. If you remember last week, Jesus said, I'm going on to be with the Father. Go and stay in the city. Go and stay there until the Spirit comes. And so here they are gathered around just worshiping day and night and their numbers continue to grow as they break bread and share in meals with each other. So here they all all gathered, different places, people that didn't look like other people. That was like this huge multicultural group that gathered together. And then they were all filled with the Spirit because Jesus said that the Spirit is going to come and is going to fill you. And we hear this mighty rushing wind that comes into the space. And then that really strange thing that happens, that little bits of fire reside on everybody's head. It's almost like having a candle and, and, and sometimes, uh, depending on where I stand, for those of you watching online, they'll see the candle coming out of the back of my head. Uh, but just because of where the cameras are. But this is what it is. It's little flames that are on top of everyone's head signifying the Spirit is with them. And what happens when the fire comes? They all begin to talk. But you see, so much has been focused on how they spoke that I wonder if we really heard what they spoke. Because if you remember the story, you probably remember it all so well, is that, is, it, is that everybody started to speak in all these strange languages. And Frank, I, I don't know any other languages. I did take some in school, but I don't remember any of them. But, but they would talk in all these different languages, and everybody was hearing languages, and they thought, well, wait a minute. I recognize that language. And so all of a sudden, they started hearing their own language even though there were people there that were speaking multiple languages, everybody heard their own language. But what did they hear? What was actually being said at that time? Here's what it says. Because it says, uh, all of these people were gathered together and they said this, we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. So I wonder if sometimes we focus too much on the fact that they were speaking in all these tongues and all these different languages and miss the point that they were speaking of the mighty works of God. They were testifying. They were witnessing to what God had done in their lives and what God was doing. And everybody heard them. And everybody heard each other and they understood what they were saying. They witnessed to all of what was going on. 
all that they had witnessed in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. I wonder if we would witness like that. Speaking in other languages. And maybe it's not the other languages part, but maybe it's other contexts. You know, like talking with a, a computer science person or a, or a web designer and you start talking about code. And I, I wouldn't know code, but they would. Uh, maybe about prairie field grasses. And somebody doesn't know that. It's, it's the different context. And what do you witness? And where do you see God moving in your context so that other people can then see it as well? It sounds an awful lot like a conflux moment. Sharing and witnessing to our faith. And then Peter's vision. Peter's vision that in Acts comes straight out of, the, out of the book of Joel. Where he talks about that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and on all sons and daughters shall, be, shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. I don't think that's only the men that are visioning and dreaming. This is all. Seeing visions and dreaming dreams. This is what I've been asking for so much, so long from all of you is what are the visions and the dreams that God is giving you as you pray that breakthrough prayer of asking God to knock down barriers, knock down walls? What are the visions that God is giving to you? Where is God leading journey of hope? Because we are all given those dreams and those visions. And so after we hear the story about what actually happened in Pentecost, we're reminded in our lectionary reading from John that words, the words that Jesus says, that he is sending the Spirit to us. That he's sending the Spirit to us to remind us, to teach us, to bring peace. So what is the Spirit teaching you? What is the Spirit reminding you of today? Or maybe it's just that you're looking for peace. And the Spirit brings peace. Brothers and sisters, it is Pentecost Sunday. It is that celebration day where we remember the Spirit given to us. The Spirit is always with us. The Spirit doesn't leave. And so the Spirit continues to guide us and to, and to show us what we are to do. The Spirit is there to empower us. And so I'll go back to this 531 initiative. I'll go back to our breakthrough prayer of asking the Spirit to, to give us these visions. And so where is God calling us? Where is God calling us to be journey of hope? What does it look like? Does it just look like this? Does it just look like what we have always known for years and years? Or is there something new that the Spirit is speaking to you? Is there some new vision that God is giving to us as a church? Because that is who we are. We are Journey of Hope. I want to remind you of a, of a passage because this is a passage that, uh, that we actually 
began with uh, two years ago. Uh, and so I'm going to read this to you in just a moment. But, but yes, I want to ask that question and just probe. Just have you think about that. Where is God calling us to go? Where is the Spirit of God encouraging us, calling us, challenging us? There's sometimes I begin prayers with disturbing God. Because there are times when God doesn't want us just being easy. That there are some challenges that we need to face. And so that is, is what I'm looking at, is that, is that the Spirit calls out, and the Spirit empowers journey of hope to do something amazing. And so where is the Spirit speaking to us? And let me remind you of this, because this was our passage two years ago as we started talking about this merger, as we started putting all of this together. And the passage comes out of Ephesians 2, and it's verse 19. It says, So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Are we there? It's two years. Are we there? Yes? I'll ask again. Are we there? Are we at that point where we are no longer strangers and aliens, but we are fellow citizens with the saints, all that have gone on before us, and all of us gathered here, and all of those who will walk through those doors? Are we all members of the household of God together as Journey of Hope? Yes. yes. Amen. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, we are Journey of Hope. We are who you are calling us to be. God, we know that, that this isn't the end, that there is so much more that you are calling us to do, that you have given us the Spirit, especially as we remember it on this Pentecost Sunday, that you have given us your Spirit to challenge us, to encourage us, to get us outside of our box and outside of our doors so that, so that we can be welcoming and open to so many new people. But even more than that, so that we can be loving and caring for all of those within these walls that we can share with one another what it means to be a brother and a sister in Christ, what it means to be a child of God, what it means to be absolutely loved by you. And so God, continue to challenge us, continue to help us to grow, continue to remind us about your spirit that was given to us on Pentecost. Fill us with that spirit to overflowing so that others around may know what is going on here at Journey of Hope? What is going on with, with your church? God, we lift this all. We lift this all in the, in the love of, of you, the grace of Jesus and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and the triune God. Amen. So as we ask God to breathe the breath of the Spirit on us, may, may we truly know that the Spirit is with us and has always been with us. And may we know that wherever we may go today, that we go knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with us. And it goes with us always. Amen.